We have the absolute honor of talking to Michael Sheik, who is an hour away from becoming a Hall of Famer. So when you're, you know, at this day, how do you recall back the career you have achieved and how you arrived at this destination? Well, first time in Newport for me at the Hall of Fame, obviously, and uh, when you enter the site, I mean, you feel the special uh, the, the, the tradition and history of this place and also of our game, obviously, so you realize you're part of something very special, very big, with a lot of the greats of our sport that have done uh, and achieved much more than I did, but I'm so proud to be part of this. And it just brings back memories, and uh, they will come out at the speech a little bit because uh, you have certain moments that just really pop up straight away when you when you enter here, and uh, it's nice. Who were your heroes growing up when uh, you took up the racket for the first time? Well, I grew up obviously with with uh, with the generation of uh, John McEnroe, um, Jimmy Connors, Bjorn Borg, Vitas Gerolaitis was one of my heroes. So, uh, and having the honor then to play with those guys as well when I when I started the pro career was even much better, obviously, in winning doubles at Wimbledon with John than just as the ice on the cake, so to say. Um, so those were my heroes. And obviously I watched as a junior like Peter McNamara, Harold Solomon, and Manuel Orantes and all those guys in Hamburg at our tournament as well. So it's been a long time. When you think about it, it's been a long time of, of tennis in my life. It is. In 91, of course, everybody talks about the big final in 91. That's kind of become the synonymous you know, connection, Becker-Steak, we talk about. But coming into the tournament, a lot of people don't realize you were, I think, ranked nine. You were Roland Garros semifinalists. You had beaten the likes of Edberg in Hamburg, Willander in Memphis, lost a couple of finals to Lendl. So were you really, I mean, that much of an outsider or you thought you had a chance at that Wimbledon? Well, you always, I mean, I always was a player that thought if you go to a tournament, you want to win. You know, that's the purpose of playing and playing a tournament. And I played well at the French that year, reaching the semifinals for the first time. So I, I think I was one of the contenders probably going to the second week at least and maybe the, the quarters or semifinals. I got very lucky in the round of 16 against Alexander Volkov, nearly being out of the tournament with a lot of luck and endurance. Maybe I just made it. And then obviously beating Jim Courier, Stefan Epping, and Boris on the last three matches just made it even worth more to, to become the Wimbledon champion. But I always had the belief going in a tournament uh, that I can win. And I think that is what you need to do. Again, Boris being German, we'll talk about him later. But uh, Jim Courier is also someone who started his career, at least in the, in the eyes of the world at the same time. He won French and he won Wimbledon. And you had a pretty good rivalry. I just had to check the stats. You lead the head-to-head 7-5. How do you look back at that? that episode of your career and how great a rival was he? Well, actually, I thought about it because he's going to present me with a jacket today. So um, uh, I actually made him win the French and the Australian Open once because I lost both times in semifinals against him. So, so I helped his career, so to say. <laughs> um, no, but I think Jim was the first player in the generation that played a completely different style of tennis. I mean, I played the very classical, fluent style, and he played the very American, modern style of tennis. And those opposites were attracting the crowd, I think. Those opposites were just the baseline against the surf and volleyer. And I always liked him very much because he was someone who also looked beyond the tennis world. And uh, you could relate to and talk to also not only about tennis. And that's why I really much uh, respect him and appreciate the fact that he's here as well today. Of course, we have to bring Boris in. Everybody talks about the final, so I'm not going to ask you about that final. It's well known. The 92 doubles in Barcelona... As a fan in India, I read about that, and on clay, you both won the gold. How did that come along? Was it something instant, or was it planned? Or uh... Well, we were put together as a team by our team captain, Niki Pilic, at the time, and he made the choice. And we trusted him, obviously, knowing that both best players in Germany, if we would put it together, we could do well. We played the doubles in Monaco uh, like three weeks before and won that tournament as well, so we knew we had a chance. And as we both lost very early in singles, it was the only chance we had to win a medal.
So we had to get our stuff together, and uh, and we did as professionals and uh, as athletes. And we just had one goal, and we wanted to win a medal. It was not necessarily the gold, but coming out being the gold was even much better. So I think we just uh, we just appreciate very much the fact now after our career that we did this together and that we achieved this together. I think it makes it very special. Couple question on what you do. I know you have to attend here. Uh, Hamburg is starting. You are a tournament director. How difficult it is for you because it used to be 1,000 and now the top German player Sasha Zverev rightfully will be heading to the hard courts. So are you planning to maybe relaunch this tournament? Is there any goals to bring it maybe in the fall? So like in the Becker-Steak era, Germany has a presence in the indoor fall season? Well, no, I'm running the tournament this year, unfortunately, for the last time because oh, yeah. the license belongs to the German Federation. They've given it to someone else. But, um, well, I think Hamburg has been always part of the uh, traditional clay court season in Germany. Earlier, before the French Open, which now they will move back due to the fact that they're not at 1,000 anymore. And uh, it's just up to the new promoter, obviously, but I think Germany would need a 1,000 event as strong as we are with the biggest tennis federation in the world. Um, there's some work to be done by the federation, and I hope they will just have a vision for the next 10 years, maybe, how they can come about. And last question. Your last match also was at Wimbledon, I realized, the semis against Piolin. Uh So was it planned, or that's just how it ended? Was it like, you know, fate that you played your last match at Wimbledon? Well, no, I, I planned to finish the year basically and finish at the end of the year because of a shoulder injury a little bit. But when I played that semifinals at Wimbledon, I'd had a lot of comparison to the 91 year. A lot of rain, the middle Sunday was played, and a lot of things had happened as well, so I would have loved so much to go to the finals. When I lost that match and I was on center court, I said to myself, well, it's not going to get better than this. You know, semifinals at Wimbledon, losing in a good match, and like my whole career happened in that match, good, bad, everything was involved. And I thought, well, that's good, that's a good finish. You know, you don't have to start losing against guys you don't want to lose against. All right, I don't want to have many questions, but I have to let you go, so I can't be greedy. Thank you very much. It's a natural pleasure.